Hello and welcome to the 215 Workman's Podcast. My name is Brother Robert Reynolds. I'm from Good Fight Baptist Ministries in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. This is the podcast of myself and Brother Landon Dunn. And we appreciate y'all being with us tonight uh, to hear this message that uh, we have for you. And uh, what we're going to do tonight is uh, Brother Landon is going to uh, teach a little bit on New Jerusalem. Amen. New Jerusalem. We pray that this message is a blessing and a help to you. And uh, it helps you to learn uh, more about the Bible and more about right division. Amen. Okay, so here is Brother Landon with New Jerusalem. Okay, we're going to do a little study this evening on New Jerusalem. Amen? New Jerusalem. So if you would, turn over to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Revelation, chapter 21. And we're going to read verse 1 and verse 2. <clears throat> okay, if you're there, we're going to go ahead and begin reading. Right here in verse 1 it says... And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse 2, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now looking right here in these two verses, notice first off here, the first thing that we see we see from, uh, from verse one. We see that the earth that the earth has been destroyed. Look back at verse one. It says, "And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea." Now this is just prior to the new city of God coming down, because beforehand the Lord destroys the earth with fire. Amen. He destroys the earth with fire. Look over in Second uh, Peter chapter three, if you will. Okay, Second Peter chapter three. <clears throat> if you're there, look at verse ten. We're going to read verse ten. Right here it reads, "But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise." And the elements shall melt with, with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now you ask, well, why? You know, why is the earth, you know, why is it burned up with fervent heat? You know, why does God destroy the earth with heat? You no, know, with fire. Well, you know, it's because of it's because of sin. You know, he's he's tired of sin, and it's a result of his judgment on this earth. You know, this isn't the first time, you know, that that God destroys the earth. <clears throat> you know, like the first time that God shows his judgment and destroys the earth. Okay, we're going to look in three places. Um, the first place that we notice God's judgment, if you look back in Genesis, we're going to look at the first, the first account of God's judgment is in Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. 
Okay, right here it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's in the beginning. Verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, notice that. In verse 2, you know, it's complete. Con it's in complete contrast to verse 1. But you know, with, mo with your modern uh, Christianity, they look at that um, and they say that that's just God creating the earth. Well, actually, no, it's not God creating the earth. Because in verse 1, He already created the heaven and the earth. Because it said, in the beginning, God created. That's past tense. He already did it. Amen? God created the heaven and the earth. But then when you come to verse 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void. Notice that it says without form and it says and void. And if you look up what the word void means, you know, if you look up in the Webster's 1828, and you know, the Webster, that's not our final authority. You know, our King James Bible is our final authority. But just to look up, you know, a definition from the Webster, it says that it means to be without form and void. This means to be empty, you know, to be empty or to render useless, or it means to make vacant. Okay, and to be without form and void, if you look back in verse 2 here, you know, to be without form and void, you know, it's a result of God's judgment. You know, plus notice again, it says, And darkness was upon the face of the deep. If God created the earth, heaven and the earth, and then you come to verse 2 and it says it's without form and void, that's not a sign of God creating something. That's a sign of God's judgment. Because, you know, God doesn't make the earth in vain. He, did, he doesn't create anything in vain. But we see here a, a form that is without form and it's, and it's void. You know, you ask, well, what does this mean? Well, it, means, it simply means, if you look at verse 2, it means there's nothing there. Let's, let's look again at verse 2. It says, and the earth was without form and void. Okay, if something's without form, that's not a sign that it's something that's been created. Without form means that something has happened or or something has not happened yet, you know. But either one of the two would go in complete contrast with verse 1. Because God did create the heaven and the earth, as you notice, in the beginning, verse 1. Verse 2, it's without form and it's void. And it says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The only thing that we see here is water. And water has covered the earth because it says the earth was without form. That means, it's, and it says darkness was upon the face of the deep. We see we see God's judgment because we see, only thing we see is water. And it says the earth is without form. But notice that there's water there. You know, this means that God had created that in the beginning, you know, in verse 1. Now you say, what is this? You know, this is an after result of God's judgment. But you know, a lot of Christianity, they don't believe that Genesis 1-2 is a result of God's judgment. You know, but that he was creating the earth. Well, if he created already in verse one, you know, which he most certainly did, then why is this? Then why is there darkness and void? 
You know, and, and then you see that the earth is without form and void, you know, in verse 2. Well, simply and clearly, you know, it's because of judgment. This is the first judgment that we see. Now, all you need to do is just study and learn, you know, what your punctuation marks mean. You know, as you, if you look right here in these first two verses, just learn and study what your punctuation marks mean. And if you do that, you can't help but see that something bad happened. You know, that was resulting in God's judgment. But if you look at the second place where we see God's judgment, you know, we see God's judgment again in Genesis. But if you turn over a couple of chapters, look in Genesis chapter 6. Okay, if you're already in Genesis chapter 6, we're going to read verses uh, 5 through 8, and then we're also going to read verse 13. Okay, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And you know, and this is uh, preparing for judgment. And you notice the judgment, it says right here, it was because of wickedness. Keep that in mind. It says, and God saw what, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the, of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him at His heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Then look, then look down at verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Okay, and this is the second time that we see God's judgment. The first time in God's judgment, we've seen it was because it was with water. And, you know, once again, we see God's judgment again, and we see water. You know, this is Noah's flood. And through the next few chapters, you know, we see, we see the earth flooded with water, you know, leaving it, leaving it destroyed and left in ruin. You know, and after this judgment, do you see the similarities of what's left? You ask, well, what's left? Water. Just as it was in Genesis 1-2. You know, and after the second judgment, we see, we see a promise. Look over in chapter 9 here in Genesis. And let's read verses 11 through 13. <clears throat> and I will establish my covenant with you, Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual gener generations. Verse 13, I do set my bow in the cloud, 
and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. Now that's a promise. A promise that the Lord made and that He will keep. Because you know as the scripture says, God's not a man that He should lie. But, you know, when we come back to this third judgment, we see God keeping His word because God cannot lie. You know, we see God keeping His word because He destroys this earth. You know, He destroys it this time with fire. Let's look back in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 10. Okay, this is the day of the Lord. This is judgment. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Now, now you notice this judgment on the earth, you know, it, it's making way for a big event that's soon to come. Now you ask, well, what events soon to come? Well, the next thing that happens after this judgment, uh, you know, on the earth, destroying the earth with fire, you know, the next thing that steps into place is the great white throne of judgment. And with this great white throne of judgment, judgment, if you look over in Revelation chapter 20, let's look at verses 11 through 15, and let's notice the great white throne of judgment. Okay, it says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. In verse 15 right here. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now you notice, this is the final judgment. You know, and this is where God judges and does away with all evil and all sin. Look at verse 15. It says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, this covers anyone who has rejected God in any, in any dispensation. You know, it doesn't matter. All are judged at this judgment. Now, you know, inside this judgment, you know, the unsaved dead, they won't escape this judgment. At this judgment, we see that, one, we see that the unsaved dead are judged. 
And we see that in Revelation 20, verse 11. And two, we notice that the fallen angels are judged. We'll find that in 2 Peter chapter 2, and verse 4. And notice, at this judgment, every secret is made public. Notice three places here. Look in Matthew chapter 10, in verse 26. So turn over to Matthew chapter 10. And we'll look at verse 26. It says, Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be made known. That's one secret. Okay, and look over two, two chapters over. Let's look at chapter 12 and verse 36. It says, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. <laughs> At the great white throne judgment, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now this is, um, so far with these first, these first two secrets that are made public, I know not everybody in Christianity today will teach that these are in the judgment seat of Christ for which are which is a judgment for believers not not for salvation but for their works of what they've done for the Lord you know here on earth but I've I've personally been in services where I have heard the preacher behind the podium you know behind the pulpit you know they're trying to get people to you know basically try to force people to work for the Lord instead of just you know serving the Lord because because that for the love in your own heart that you just want to serve him you know, they're trying to force people into to serve the Lord, which that's not right. You can't force anybody. If the Lord's if That's right. The Lord is the one that gets the person to serve, amen. You don't force a person to serve the Lord because they're amen. not going to enjoy it and they're not going to do it because they want to serve the Lord or they love the Lord. They, they do they do it out of fear. Mm, come on, brother. And it's and it is pointless. You serve the Lord because you want to serve the Lord. <clears throat> but I've heard but I've heard them behind the podium. They've used this verse right here in verse 36. It says that by saying to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. They've taken this verse and they've tried to force it, you know, in today into the church age, and they tried to say that they they're trying to take from the this verse right here that's for the future in the judge is the great white throne judgment. And they've tried and they're saying that you know, you better be careful what you speak. You know, you'll, you'll give an account there in the day of judgment. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I guess I get what they're, what they're trying to say. You know, we are supposed to live a holy, clean Christian life. You know, our life is supposed to re resemble the Lord Jesus Christ, and I agree. But, simply put, this is a secret that's made known, and it's made public. And this is in, in this verse right here. This deals future prophecy with not future prophecy but this deals in the future during the great white throne of judgment you, you, you can't take and pull verses here and there just to fit just to fit in your sermon you know I mean you have to keep everything in its context I mean 
yes, we're supposed to serve the Lord and you know clean with a clean, pure heart, you know, and serve Him because we love Him and we want to serve Him. And you know, we are supposed to watch what we say because we can bring, you know, a reproach on the name of Christ. We could, you know, we could say something in our flesh, you know, the world. Like we could be at work or we could be at the store, you know, and somebody comes up and they tell us like they tell like a dirty joke or, you know, some way to get us in our flesh, you know, and if we respond back in our flesh in the in the manner of how they are, of how they approached us, you know, this could, you know, it could it could hurt our testimony. It could hurt the name of Christ, the cause of Christ, it could hurt our testimony. But the works that we do for the Lord is what we give an, is what we give an account thereof, but it's not at the great white throne judgment. To try to use this verse and say that this verse is to a Christian is trying to is, is, is trying to force us to be in the great white throne judgment to be judged, and that that's just simply not so. Because as we just seen previous, at the great white throne judgment. Fallen angels are judged. Number two and number one, the unsaved dead are judged. You know, Christian sins were judged at Calvary when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in His blood, trusting in His death, burial, and resurrection. Our sins were taken care of. We're forgiven. We're sealed until the day of redemption. You know, Ephesians one thirteen. Then overlook over in Ephesians chapter four. We're sealed. Amen. But the but our judgment, our judgment for what we do for the Lord, is at the judgment seat of Christ. You know, which Amen. as we as we went through previous in previous uh, studies, you know that's during when the tribulation period begins. You know, just prior to it beginning, just that very split second, or however long it takes for the tribulation to start, God calls us up, up, out, and away. You know, we stand before the judgment, before Him at the judgment seat of Christ, and we give an account for the works that we've done for Him. But we're not going to be judged for what for our for our sins. Our sins have already been taken care of. But notice, notice to the third secret that's made public. So if you look over in the Book of Job, so look back to the Book of Job. We're going to look over in chapter 34. Let's turn over chapter 34, and we're going to read verse 22. <clears throat> well, actually, let's read verse 21, and then, then cover 22 as well. It says, For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Let's just keep going. For he will not lay upon man more than right, that he should enter the judge into judgment with God. And that's the third secret made public. And notice that. That's this is not for a believer. I mean, yes, true. Verse 21, the Lord does see the ways of man. He sees all his goings. The Lord does see, you know, what we do. I mean, 
just because we're in our house, you know, we're under a roof, that doesn't mean that the Lord cannot see through and see what we're doing. The Lord sees all. He's, his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. The Lord sees everything. Yes. But notice Amen. verse 22. It says, There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity... Notice that. The workers of iniquity... There's no place, there's no darkness, there's no shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. And this is in reference to verse, continuing on with verse 23, into the judgment of God. With God, the great white throne of judgment. The workers of iniquity, that is a lost sinner. But, you know, after this judgment, notice back in our text. So notice, turn back over to Revelation 21. And notice verse 2. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. See, now, if you notice now, we have New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. You know, as we notice in verse 1, you know, everything is, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. We see, we saw the judgment. We've seen God taking care of this world, get rid of the sin. We see all the judgment. We notice the judgment both times in Genesis. And then we come over and we notice now, the final preparation, the final judgment. You know, and this is, and then as you come over in verse 2, we finally come over to New Jerusalem. We see John talking about New Jerusalem. It says, Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, in this new city, you know, this holy city, what do we see? Well, the first thing that we see is there's only righteousness in this city. And you say, well, Amen. why do we see that? Look back in Second Peter chapter 3 once more. Okay, I was in First Peter. Go over to Second Peter. Look over to Second Peter chapter 3. But this time, notice verse 13. It says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. We see only righteousness there because sin isn't there. I hope I hope you had your hand still in Revelation 21, but if not, look back in Revelation 21. And notice verse 27. Okay, Revelation 21, verse 27. Verse 27 says, And there shall in no wise enter into it, enter, enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, as we notice here, we see that one, the devil won't be there. Number two, we notice no lost person will be there. 
And then, thir and then thirdly, we see that the angels, you know, the, the angels that the, the, the devil led astray, you know, back in Genesis, with the, these fallen angels, you know, even they won't be there. But you ask, well, who will, who will be there? Who will enter in? Well, notice again verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. See that? But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The ones that will enter in, we notice there's one, number one, all who are written in the Lamb's book of life know they will be there and they'll enter in. That's the first ones that we see that enter in. And notice secondly, you know, the nations of them which are saved will enter in. Okay. And this is back in verse 24. It says, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. The nations of them which are saved will enter in. And this is, you know, those that were from the tribulation and out of the millennium. And thirdly, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the Lamb, you know, He'll be there because He is the light and the glory of God. Okay. Let's see here. What verse was this one in? Okay. And this is back in verse 23. Because thirdly, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb, will be there. It says, And the city had no need of the, of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. <laughs> and then notice, notice, uh, and notice lastly, in this city, there, there's no more tears. Look back in verse, in verse number four. It says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know, you know, right now in heaven, you know, there's still tears and sorrow. You know, you'd ask why. You know, why is there still tears and sorrow in heaven? I thought, I thought, whenever we went to heaven, that God automatically wipes away our tears. Well, according to Christianity, that's that's what they teach today. They teach that whenever you first, whenever you go to heaven, that everything's there's no more tears. But but actually, you ask, well, why? Why is there still tears in heaven? Well, because the former things haven't passed away yet. That that's what it, that's what everything it's what it links on right here. Whenever the form, because the former things haven't passed away yet, there's still tears and sorrow in heaven. But you know, with with the Christianity today, you know, 
they think that right now in heaven there's no more tears but but it's not like that in heaven at the moment but you know during the great white throne judgment you know when we see our lost loved ones cast into hell that will bring tears to our eyes during the judgment seat of Christ when the carnal believer loses rewards it will be a time of sorrow and it will bring tears to their eyes you know why do they not see this well maybe it's because they are ignoring the context amen you know it's not until after New Jerusalem comes down that God wipes away all tears from their eyes but but it's not before then Look again in verse 4. It says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. God wipes away all tears because now the former things are passed away. And you know, as a result, we see a few things right here. As a result of the former things passed away, we see that there's no more tears, number one. Number two, there's no more death. Number three, there's no more sorrow. Number four, no more crying. And number five, there's no more pain. But before this time, you know, the former things haven't passed away yet. Like right now today, the former things have not passed away yet. So right now in heaven, I'm sure, and I'm very positive, our loved ones that had, that's that's already that's already passed and they're already in heaven right now. The ones that believed on Christ, they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His shed blood. I'm sure, you know, whenever we fall into sin, you know, whenever we fall to our flesh, you know, I'm sure they look that they can see down from heaven and it grieves them. Because you notice, you know, whenever, <clears throat> whenever we see right here that, whenever, whenever God creates a new heaven and new earth, it says, um, "See what verse was that?" Bear with me. We'll try to find this verse again. Okay, it's in Revelation 21 and verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither worketh, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's after the former things are passed away. That's whenever God brings down New Jerusalem. Whenever God brings down the New Jerusalem, the new city, then, then God wipes away all tears from their eyes. There's not going to be anything that's be, that says right here in the verse that can enter in which worketh abomination or maketh a lie, you know, the devil. <laughs> but but it says, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Beforehand, there's still the possibility. There's still that that, that will. There's still right there where Satan can still come up into heaven because he's the accuser of the brethren. Right now at the moment, 
state and still can pass from here and go back to uh, from heaven back to earth because he, he accuses us before the Lord. It says day and night. But whenever this time comes of New Jerusalem, New Jerusalem, I'm sorry, when when this time comes with New Jerusalem and God brings the new city down, you know, and it says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, you know, and this biblically being the time when there's no more sorrow, no more crying, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more no more pain. During this time, God wipes away all God wipes away our our memory to where we can't remember anymore anything that would regret would be a, of you know that would make us grieve that would be that would bring sorrow or tears. It's during that time, you know. I believe it's rightly so that God wipes away the tears. But beforehand, you can't you can't look at the scriptures and say that right now there's that God wipes away tears from their eyes. I mean, I know it's to make somebody feel better right now that whenever we're going to pass. So I've I've also I've heard this as well. I've heard I've heard in I I had a Christian CD back when I first got saved when I was twenty two. I got this CD. I'm not gonna mention the singer's name because they're they sing great, but there was an, there was like a little spot in there where the the singer's father was. Uh, this was before the singer's father passed away, and he was you know giving his testimony in there. He was he was an older gentleman. He was getting ready. To, he was on the verge of getting ready to pass on and go on to glory. But he was giving his testimony, and he was all excited, you know, as we should be, you know. God saved us from hell, you know. He 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 shed his blood, you know. He forgave us of our sins, you know. Hallelujah! Praise you know, God. We're not going to hell; we're going to heaven. Amen. But but he said he wrongly said that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know, when we get to heaven, God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. No. That's not until after the great white throne judgment, and then we come when we come over to chapter twenty one when when John saw the city of God coming down out of heaven, New Jerusalem. It's in this new city that God wipes away all tears. It's not in the current heaven right now. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The former thing when the former things are passed away, God wipes away all tears from their eyes. But that's all I have uh, prepared for everyone today. Um, I just pray that this this message here was a blessing, and I hope that you got something from it. And uh, I pray that the Lord gets all the honor and glory, not me. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Landon, for that message on uh, New Jerusalem. Now, uh, I just want to uh, mention one thing, and um, I'll show it to you in our text verses, uh, Revelation 21, Revelation 21, and let's read verse 1, 
Verse 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Notice, no more sea. So what is this sea that is going to be no more? Look at Revelation 15 verse 2. Revelation 15 verse 2. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. Okay, so you see a sea of glass there. Now go to Revelation 4 verse 6. Revelation 4 verse 6 And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal and the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind So there you see a sea of glass again Okay now um I'm going to show you a picture here an illustration All right, there you go. Let me make this a little bit bigger. Okay. Now you look at it. See Genesis 1-1, uh, which uh, Brother Landon uh, touched on. You see that um, there's the earth there, and then uh, the glory of God is shining all throughout. Okay, now, uh, in Genesis 1-2, in the next one, you're going to see that it is dark. And uh, it says, enter deadly pitch black darkness and covering waters. Okay, and then you see without form and void. Okay, so what happened there uh, was that uh, Lucifer fell. Alright, he gave five I wills. I will, I will, I will, I will. And then because of that, God judged the universe and the earth with darkness and a flood of water. Okay? So now it's dark. Without form and void. Now, Genesis 1, 6 to 9, okay, you're going to see... You know, God divided the waters from the waters. Okay, now there's water uh, up above the firmament and waters below. That water, notice the water above. The waters above is known as the deep. Okay, now look at the face of the deep. Go to Job 38. Job 38, and I want to show you the face, the condition of the face of the deep. Okay, Job 38, and let's read verses 29 and 30. Out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven? 
Who hath gendered it? Verse 30, pay attention. The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Like glass. Looks like glass. Amen? All right, now I'm going to show you something. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is very interesting. Hold on just a second. Let's um let's start in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I become a man, I put away childish things. Now pay attention to verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Okay, so now look at the, the illustration again at Genesis 1, 6 to 9, the heaven. Okay, now notice that under the deep, it's dark. Okay, so you look up into space. You can't see that, that, uh, that deep. The water's up above the firmament. There's space there. Space is dark. It's black. Okay, so think about a mirror that we use, you know, to, to see our reflection. Okay? You have the you have the the mirror part, the glass, right? That that you can see your reflection. Then what is behind that? It is black. It's darkened. Right? So it is the same. And and so now, uh, when the new heaven and new earth come, then God is going to do away with the sea because there will be no need for it. Because that, that sea, it separates time from eternity. Okay, so he's going to get rid of it. There's going to be no more C. Amen? Alright, so uh, that, that is uh, New Jerusalem. And we pray that uh, it was a blessing and a help to you. But before we go, uh, we're going to play a song uh, by the Primitive Quartet. And it's called Empty Me Lord. Here we go. Lord, I know when you saved me, you filled me with your spirit, and I praise your holy. Oh, precious Lord, be a 
light that others see. Your Holy Spirit must be shining on me. Lord, will you empty me of every selfish thing that would hinder my sweet walk with thee? Now shine down upon me and fill me anew in every way, Lord. Let me be more like you. Now, please go with me to um, Romans 8. And uh, let me read to you verses 28 and 29. Starting in verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that are, uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. And then verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, so notice there, that uh, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Okay, now there's a teaching out there that that um, God predestinates some people to go to hell and some people to go to heaven. But God does not do that. People go to hell because of their own choice. All right, they they choose not to trust Christ and his death, burial and resurrection. Okay? So, 
we are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. That's sanctification. So as we grow in grace, all right, we become more and more like Christ. So keep growing. There, there is no way that we will ever be like Christ on this earth. We will not be like Christ until we get to heaven and we get our glorified bodies. Then we will be like him. Okay, so, so keep growing and read and study God's word. Amen. And grow and grow and grow. Allow God to mold you and make you into what he wants you to be. Amen. And bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright. So that is New Jerusalem. Thank you so very much uh, for being with us tonight. Uh, thank you for your prayers for, for us and our families, for our ministries. Uh, please pray uh, for this podcast that the Lord will continue to use it for His glory to reach the lost with the gospel and to edify the saints. Amen. Alright, so until next time, God bless you.